Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Anna from All Abilities Consulting Services. She's a social worker, project manager, and policy writer who's a passionate advocate for psychosocial disabilities. She shares what is trauma, the signs that you are affected by trauma, and ways people can heal from trauma. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have with me Anna. She's from All Abilities Consulting Services. She's a social worker who's passionate advocate for psychosocial disabilities. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I would love for you to share a little bit about what you'd like to do in your free time, some of your interests. Yeah, look, um, I, my name is Anna Howe. I'm a social worker, project manager, policy writer, wife, mother, survivor, thriver, sole trader. Um, ultimately, I'm passionate about nurturing and caring for my family, being present, enjoying simple moments in life, um, keeping my family well-fed and nurtured. Um, I've got a passion for rustic home cooking, preserving and the lost arts, really. I I really love that. Um, anything hands-on um, it, as a form of therapy, uh, I just love it. I have a real spark and a passion for being in the moment and making those moments special for myself and also the people around me that I care and love, love um, and making them memorable. Um yeah. I think you've forgotten to mention someone. There's someone really special in your life, a little four-legged friend that you haven't mentioned either. <laughs> oh, my little fur baby, Frankie. Um, yeah. So my fur baby, Frankie, is um, training to be a mind dog, actually. Um, so he just turned one two days ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but he's training to be a mind dog. Um, so he will, he's, he's, a dog with a job um so he supports he'll be supporting someone with a psychosocial disability beautiful and so does what sort of training went into frankie look he's in training um but mind dogs is a amazing um service where they um train uh a a dog a puppy dog um to respond to uh, people when they're um, experiencing distress, emotional distress, um, or anxiety, or depressive episodes, or um, post-traumatic stress episodes, either out in the community or at home. So they work with the owner of um, the dog to train them to respond to you when you're in a state of distress. And so what sort of things then does the dog, um, I'm picturing the dog comes to comfort you, is that is that what its main job is? Yeah, yeah. So I guess picking up on your body language and your your cues and responding to you, being being a source of comfort um, in those moments. Um, so they basically grow with you 
to uh, recognise uh, the moments that you are distressed or that you need comfort um, in place of having a person in the space and I guess just being an additional support, additional resource. Um, uh, yeah, so MindDog's amazing service. Um, you can look them up online. Um, oh, definitely share uh, a link to them then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, you can have older than a puppy or it's, uh, sorry, it's like a puppy that you start to train. No, so they can be, from what I understand, they can be older than a puppy, okay. but um, there is a temperament um, assessment that takes place. So it's based on the temperament as opposed to the age of the of the dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, so then maybe tell us about trauma because you've just touched on trauma. So what is trauma? Look, trauma is highly individualised, um, but ultimately um, trauma is different for everyone but it's the outcome of being exposed to either a traumatic event or a lifelong um a lifetime of of you know disturbing events or um you know things that people ultimately shouldn't be exposed to um shouldn't have to live through um and it's your body's response your mind's response to things that your mind and body shouldn't have to um, be put through. Um, so I've, I've got a fascination with trauma, but also a lived experience of trauma, um, but done so much research and so much investigation um, into ways of um, managing and healing and recovering from trauma. Mm, which is amazing, which is exactly why I've asked you to come on the podcast to share that. What's some of the ways, though, that people may then identify that maybe obviously there's the traumatic events that may have occurred, but there's small traumas that people experience throughout their lives. What are some of the signs that people may then go, oh, I was affected by trauma, maybe as a young child or, you know, even later in life at a workplace that they've been at? Yeah, look, everyone... um... So what's traumatic to one person may not mm. be to someone else, and that's why it is highly individualised and it's injury and damage to the body and the mind ultimately. Um, but it's not something that you can pathologise as a collective. It is very individualised. Um, but sleeplessness, um, high levels of anxiety, depression, um, uh, mood changes or withdrawal from um you know, activities or your community groups or, um, you know, not finding enjoyment in things that you used to find enjoyment in. Um, but it can be in the subtleties. Um, and understanding that you've experienced trauma can be something that you realise over time um, because when you're raised in an environment that is traumatic, you may not even realise that that's what you're being exposed to until you have a contrast. Um, and then you reflect back and you go, actually, that was really traumatic. Um, it might have been normalised in that space and time or in that environment, um, but when you have a contrast, uh, you have something that you can compare it to and you go, actually, that wasn't normal. And people around me might have said that was okay, but it actually wasn't okay. And my body and my my mind was telling me that it wasn't even though everyone around me was telling me that it was. Um, so there was an incongruence perhaps um, between what your your brain and your body was telling you and what the people around you may have been telling you. 
Um, so understanding your exposure to trauma can be a real journey, but then addressing it is also a journey in itself. And a part of it is recognizing that you have been exposed to trauma, but then also understanding the best way for you to recover from mm. that exposure to trauma. And that will be really different for everyone. There's not a one size fits all in regards to recovery from trauma. And that's something that I've learned over an extended period of time, both through my own experience and through my practice experience. And after working in the sector for an extended period of time, but also um, my career has been driven by a lifelong passion for social justice. And the foundations of my passion for social justice is my early experience of injustice in childhood and my lifelong pursuit to support others when I have capacity to. And part of understanding trauma is to um, be able to identify that you've been exposed and experienced trauma, but also, I guess, doing a deep dive into understanding what's going to help you individually mm-hmm. to recover. And in our current society, we're told that the medical model is the only pathway and avenue or talk therapy is the only pathway and avenue to recover from trauma. Um, but really, it's about a holistic um, approach to um, recovery, um, such as somatic therapies, or uh, maybe even touch on what is somatic thera- um, therapy. Because I know you and I don't know this, but I'm sure there's people listening who are like, "What's somatic ther- therapy? I've never heard of that." Yeah, look, it, it's um, so somatic therapies. The body keeps the score um, by Van der Kolk gives a really in-depth um, overview of somatic therapies. So uh, we're we're taught in our society that um, you have to go through the brain to access trauma. Really what somatic therapies is, is talking about is that your body is storing trauma and that talk therapy is not the only avenue to disperse that trauma or to um, move that trauma through your body. And I've experienced this on a personal level as well um, where I have talked about the trauma within an inch of my life and I haven't seen progress. And that's been incredibly frustrating. And, um, you know, not for lack of motivation or drive or, you know, um, intent to move forward, but talk therapy just hasn't been the key or the only key to progress. Um, so somatic therapies like yoga, um, like Bowen therapy, um, like movement and nutrition and uh, I guess pairing things back and going, okay, what does my body need um, to move this trauma through? Because not all trauma can be verbalised and often trauma is pre-verbal or words can't be put to that trauma. Um, so you're relying on your ability to articulate that trauma if talk therapy is the only approach that's used. Uh, And I know for myself, um, I don't have words for every aspect of my life. Mm. Um, There's stuff that is just really deeply felt and I can't put words to that. And so incorporating somatic therapies for me has been an absolute game changer. So within the space of a year, um, for me, I went from using a pure medical model Um, where I put on 30 kilos, 
I was really lost and wondering, you know, how do I recover from this? Because, you know, trauma is a really complex thing and, you know, one size doesn't fit all, you know, and I, I've been really lucky that I'm also really educated and I'm motivated and yet I still couldn't find the key. And the missing piece for me was that incorporation of the somatic therapies in line with the medical model in line with talk therapy. So I was bringing in all those aspects and going, okay, well, I can't just rely on talk therapy. I can't just rely on the medical model. Um, I need to also allow my body to process this stuff. And so the incorporation of those somatic therapies also has been an absolute game changer. And I think that it's the way of the future. Um, It's the way that I hope that trauma therapy and Um, recovery is going to move because it is deeply rooted in evidence. Um, It is deeply rooted in in outcomes and it's something that needs to be incorporated in trauma recovery. Mm, Definitely. Yes, like everything I've read is the same, like what you're just saying. It's like the combination of the talk of the medical as well as the somatic um, is what's going to give you the best result because not everything is all in our head. It's like stored in the different parts of our body or the body. And and like you highlighted before, that body keeps score is a great resource to read um, to actually understand a little bit more about the body and how trauma is stored in our body. Yes, absolutely. Look, and I, I know of a number of people that have incorporated um, that somatic approach in line with the others. And one doesn't um, cancel out the other, cancel out mm. the other. It's about having that collective approach um, where you see that real progress because they're all, they all hold merit in their own right um, and they all have a place. Um, but I think it's understanding what place they hold for you and how they can work collectively to um, help you move forward. Because mm. uh, ultimately that's what it's about is how do you move forward in a way that's going to give you purpose and meaning and um, help help you, um, you know, achieve what you want to achieve in life and help you feel joy in those moments and, and help you connect with your community and help you feel fulfilled because trauma, it happens to everyone in some way, shape or form. But it's about how we move forward with that and how we find purpose and meaning in spite of the trauma. And there's no way of avoiding bad experiences in our life. But looking after ourselves and allowing ourselves to process uh, those negative experiences is key in moving forward in life. Uh, you just sum that up beautifully. It is about that, isn't it? It's the way because we can't avoid it. We're we're all going to be exposed to trauma at some stage in our lives. I mean, we all have. Just we've all been through COVID, haven't we? And that's a trauma that we're seeing, you know, on a daily basis in people's lives coming up. I know you just reminded me of the other day, the other week when I was told about my finger and I wouldn't be able to work and I wasn't able to do anything. I couldn't exercise and I just have to stay home. And straight away, that trauma of reminding me of when we were told that we had to stay home, it was that exact same feeling came back to me. 
And I was like, wow, I need to really process this. So it's processing those, those things that now come up that you're more aware of. And that's the, you know, one, number one trauma that we've all been exposed to recently. And that will all, it will, it's going to come up in. And if you haven't, you might have already had something similar to me being told you can't do something. And it's like, what? And that same experience coming up for you. Um, yeah. So definitely finding, being that awareness, isn't it? Bringing that awareness to yourself. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there in that it's about making space for that mm. um, in whatever way works for you. So you said that that triggered that mm. memory for you. So you could have pushed that down and ignored it and gone, you know what, I don't have the time for it. I'm just going to push it to the side. Or you could have allowed the space and time for your body, your brain to process that. And when you allow that space and time and outlet, your body can move on in a different way. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be there. It doesn't mean that it's fixed forever and that it's, you know, a a surefire way just to charge on and never pop up again. But next time it might pop up in a different way or it might pop up in a more subtle way or it might not have the same impact that it did before. Um, But if you don't allow your body that time and space and um, outlet, then that progress, it just won't happen. Mm, yeah um, like I was yeah. crying crying in the surgeon's yeah. office like what I can't do any of those things and it wasn't until I got home and I sort of went into well I better do everything like I went out that night like I would the you know when you were told you were going to be locked down for the next few weeks and out and I was like supermarket the Kmart you know just doing everything I could and got yeah. home and I didn't get home till 10 and my husband's like what <laughs> were you doing and I went I don't know. This is what happened. He goes, hmm, that sounds like you just went into the same response as when we got told we were in lockdown. I went, yeah, it did. And he goes, the difference is there's we can all go out in the community. Yes. We're the only one stuck at home. But that's a trauma response. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So definitely something to be aware of. Um, yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted to share in regards to trauma and healing from trauma? Yeah, look, uh, there's a couple of points in regards to healing from trauma. So over times, there's a few things that I've realised that it takes to heal from trauma. And one is that it takes a village. You can't do it alone. It needs to be led by the individual as an expert in their own experience. Um, The medical model has a part, is, is a part of the puzzle, but it's not the whole solution. Somatic therapies are really key. Holistic approach is, is really key. Um, also having structure around healing from trauma. And that can be structure that you've put in place or um, as an individual, or maybe your village has supported you to put it in, in place. And, you know, the, the village looks different for everyone. But I know that when I've tried to do things by myself, it just hasn't worked in the same way. So it's taken a village. Um, and talk therapy, again, is a part of the picture, but it absolutely doesn't work as the only part of the picture. And it also doesn't work for everyone. So for some people, um, talk therapy just will not work. And that's what where the bypassing of the brain and working on those somatic therapies will be the, the only way for some, or it'll be part of 
the picture for others. And as as I said previously, movement and nutrition and um, are absolutely pivotal uh, in in recovering from trauma. And that will be different for everyone based on individual limitations or building up over time. Um, but looking at nutrition is absolutely vital because there's so much research into the gut being the second brain um, and it does play a part in our our frame of mind and our mental health and all of those things and it's really important to um, be aware of that. Um, and and movement, it, it, it just makes us feel different. Like I know for myself, the days that I'm up and about and moving, whether it's yoga or whether it's a walk or, you know, whether it's, you know, Frankie and I hanging out um, outside, like I just feel different after it. And it makes me feel good and the fresh air, if that's all I can do is get out with Frankie and just have some fresh air, I, I, I feel better for it. And connection to others is key. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Seeing that, I suppose, having these services. So I know you've worked in family services area, social working. What um, what sort of people can they reach? Can people reach out to? What's a good way if they don't have that village around them? They feel like they don't have a village around them right now. Yes. Look, I mean, there's so many um, support services around, whether they be mental health services or um, even your local um, community support groups or um, your uh, local community groups even. If it's just about expanding social connections, um, you know, is there an interest group Mm. uh, that's running down the road that you can connect in with? Um, I know for myself I'm trying to learn how to crochet and I keep on forgetting the stitches. So, um, you know, I've I've been um, reaching well, someone's reached out to me recently to say, hey, join my crochet group. Um, so I guess just thinking about what your interests are, things that you enjoy, things that will help get you out of bed, things that will also not just expand your knowledge um, but also help you connect to your community, help you connect with people around you. Um, I'd mention nutrition as well. So I know for myself, um, I wasn't raised with any knowledge of nutrition at all. It's I had my first healthy sandwich when I was in my 20s and I felt different when I ate that sandwich. It was amazing. So, you know, there's so many resources online in regards to nutrition, whether it's just online or whether you reach out to um, community service agencies that provide nutritional advice or whether you reach out to a nutritionist that learning about nutrition and the impact that it has on your body, it's game-changing. But also, is there a walking group locally? Can you join a gym? Can you um, go to a yoga class? Um, These are all things that will allow you to build a community around you and connect with others, but also it'll improve your well-being it'll improve your mental health it'll help your body process what you've been through and also give you a contrast to what might be really normal in your space um they're things that i've learned are absolutely pivotal in my well-being and the well-being of those around me that i love and care about yeah and i think that's really important i like that looking at a group but it could then also do two things at once you know you're getting your walking but you're also getting your connection at the same time which is great and you know 
yeah, if there's something there of your interest that you can then also add as the connection, I think that always is um, a bonus, isn't it? Anna, how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about your services? You look, um, All Abilities Consulting Services, um, I provide training and sector workshops. I also provide disability sector advisory services, um, improved NDIS participant-centred care, development of individual individualised sensory support packages and tools and resources as well if you're wanting to build structure uh, in, in your space, in your world. So you can Google All Abilities Consulting Services. I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, I'll be on Facebook shortly. But uh, I provide telehealth services, but I'm also available face-to-face in my region. Beautiful. Well, I will definitely include all those in the um, show notes, all the links. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, Anna, and your sharing your knowledge on trauma. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. This helps others find it who are also looking for tips and organisational strategies to simplify their life and prioritise their health. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss future episodes. You can also connect with me over at simplyhappy.com.au. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.